You are listening to your new puppies podcast, starting you and your dog off on the right paw. Here's your host, Debbie Salento. Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of your new puppies podcast. I'm Debbie, and today I invited back Allison Shamrell of Allison Shamrell Pet Photography to answer some more questions on how to take better photos of your dog. We had so much fun last time, and it's just a fun, light topic that I wanted to bring her back and ask some follow-up questions. So the first time we met her was back in episode 52, where we talked about how to take better phone photos with just your cell phone, what obedience commands will come in handy, and how to take a great action shot. This time, we're going to talk about Allison's general philosophy, like how she approaches her photo sessions to get the best photos she can. We're going to talk about how to take photos of two dogs t- together and how to get that good photo of your dog with the dark face, how to get the details so they come out just as cute as the photo as they are in real life. So we also mentioned some resources throughout the episode, especially resources where if you want to learn more from Allison, I'm going to link all of those to the show notes of this episode, which you'll find at playtimepause.com forward slash episode 65. Because Allison even put together a free gift for you, my listeners, which which she talks about towards the end and how to get that. So let's jump right on in. So welcome back, Allison. Thank you so much for coming back to impart some more photography knowledge on us. Oh my gosh, Debbie, I'm so excited to be back. Thank you for having me. I had fun the last time we spoke, so I'm looking forward to today. Yes, it was definitely a lot of fun. Again, who doesn't want to take better pictures of their own dog? So let's jump in. Since we got a nice introduction of you last time, let's jump in with some, you know, like when you're taking photos of dogs, like what's your general like approach to it? Ooh, that's a good question. Cause I know a lot of photographers have different approaches, different like philosophies and styles and all that. So, um, you know, a lot of it is going to come down to when you're taking photos of your dog, just your relationship with your dog. And I, I, I wouldn't want your relationship to change just because you've picked up a camera. Right. So if you normally, you know, are super just fun and bouncy and having a good time and your dog, your relationship with your dog is super, super playful, then I want that to continue when you're taking photos of your dog, because the last thing you want is for your dog to develop like a negative association with your camera. And if you're fun all the time, except when you pick up your camera and start pointing it at your dog, your dog is going to very soon start figuring out, oh, this is no fun. I don't like this time because mom turns into a jerk and it's just, you know, not enjoyable for anyone. I just, I really feel that when you're photographing your dog, it's gotta be fun for everyone because if it's fun 
for everyone, then you're going to get a willing model, right? <laughs> a very happy participant in the photo sessions. It's, it's going to be more fun for you. You're actually going to have a good time doing it. And I genuinely think you're going to get better portraits rather than some militant approach of like, all right, I want to take a photo of my dog sitting and staying in this particular location. So by golly, if he doesn't sit and stay in the next two seconds, I'm going to be so mad. Like, just because we have these ideas for photos in our head like that's a good thing to like come up with photo ideas ahead of time and have these ideas and this inspiration but we don't want that to like take over <laughs> and control our approach and control our mood if things don't go that way or if your dog has other ideas like i want you and your dog to make it a collaborative experience not just you know you telling him or her what to do and, and that's that and that's what has to happen so i yeah. love that anybody who listens to my podcast knows and i'm all about the playfulness the fun you know making it making it a good time for you and your dog because if you get no good photos out of it then you just had a play session no big deal exactly you can try again tomorrow for sure <laughs> <laughs> sounds good um Okay, so there are some follow-up questions, not only, you know, questions I thought of, but questions I did get from some of my listeners after your first interview with us. Um, let's talk about how you would photograph two dogs together. Oh my gosh, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little selfish on my part because I have two dogs, but I know a lot of my listeners do also. So how would you do that? Yeah, no, totally. Because we didn't really cover that last time, did we? We talked about um, good obedience commands. We talked about like action photos and things like that. And just like using your cell phone. I remember talking about that. But as far as two dogs together, that is a huge one because so many families are two plus dog families. And to take a decent family portrait is so, so huge. Especially um, when one's a puppy and one's like an older dog. Oh my like, God. That must, that must be tough. So tell, give, give us some pointers. Well, if, I think what we just talked about in terms of my philosophy, as far as like actually taking the photos in general, totally applies to this too, because it's, it's not like you can tell your puppy to calm down and <laughs> like, like lower the mood somehow while telling you maybe an older dog to like perk up and be more lively. Like you just can't force it. Like that's, Honestly, that's what I love about working with dogs is they're so honest there. If you get a happy expression on camera, you know, for sure that happy expression was genuine. There's never been a photo taken of someone who's like, come on, Fido, like, give me a smile and then we can be done. And then we can, you can have a treat. And the dog was like, right. okay, well, I guess I'll smile for this photo and then we'll be done. Like that has just never happened. So <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> if the dog is genuinely happy, then you're going to get genuinely happy photos. So I mean, a big part of photographing two plus dogs together is making sure everyone's happy. So maybe that's right before or right after mealtime. Maybe that's strategically planning when is the best time to take a photo. Maybe it's first thing in the morning or last thing at night or just around lunchtime when they're just waking up from their morning nap. Like, <laughs> I don't know when that time of day is when kind of their energy levels are at about the same point. Um, and when they're both in a good mood, you know, I mean, if, if I were to say to my dog, I only have one dog, but it's still, even if I were to say, Hey, do you want to go for a walk? And then turn around two seconds later and say, Oh, actually, before we go for a walk, let's take this quick photo where you're sitting and staying in the same place for 10 minutes my dog is going to lose her mind because 
I just promised a walk. And then I was like, oh, just kidding. I'm going to take that away from you. And I'm going to do something we don't want to do, or you don't want to do, I should say. Um, so I guess I just want everyone to be happy and excited to take the photo. And for multiple dogs, that does become a little bit of a juggling act because you want to make sure you're like, everyone's happy and everyone's like wanting to hang out together. Um, one way to kind of encourage this, I would say, is to maybe try and take photos after a little bit of exercise. Mm. <laughs> After a little bit of running around. I imagine that's a good uh, good piece of advice in general with photo taking. 100%. You can apply that to a lot of <laughs> dog photography. But yeah, I know last time we talked about action photos. After you're done taking your action photos is a really good time to then take photos of multiple dogs together. Because at that point, you know, they're tuckered out. They're not quite as ready and raring to go <laughs> to jump up and like be on to the next activity. So if they're tired, I think that's great. I also think that if you can involve humans in the portrait, then that kind of helps. If, if people can be there to literally like wrangle the dogs and like hold them maybe in a lap or maybe down by their feet or something, um, I think that is really helpful. And if you don't actually want the humans in your portrait, if you just want to take a photo of the dogs, that's something I do all the time during my photo sessions. I love to take my, my families that come in and take a family portrait. But then after that, I say, all right, let's let's subtract the humans. Let's have the humans slowly and gently and just carefully get up and out of the portrait. And you're going to walk two feet away. It's not like they're going to leave the room and suddenly the dogs are like, wait, what? Uh, where did mom and dad just go? They're going to walk two feet away. So everyone's still in like a very calm mindset where we're, we're talking at a low volume and, and just kind of like this. And then hopefully by the time that the parents have like stepped away, the dogs are still kind of in place wherever we were, whether it was in front of a nice pretty bush of flowers or in front of my studio backdrop, the dogs have still kind of stayed there. Um, stay command is super helpful in this case, but, <laughs> right, but yeah, I mean, if we start with humans and then subtract humans, usually the dogs are a little more willing to put up with posing for a photo together, just dogs, if that makes sense. Interesting. I love the wrangle the dogs comment, by the way. <laughs> No, that was that was really great. That's that's a really good tip, you know, because I, I, I also talk about, you know, a lot of times like giving your dog low engagement, keeping your energy calm so their energy's calm. So I really I really like that tip. Hmm. Interesting. Um, what about what about if you have that dog that just won't sit? still i am sure you've come across this in your sessions multiple times so give it to us what what do you well how do you handle that that has definitely happened to me quite a few times <laughs> that dog and, that did not get the exercise before the photo shoot right yeah so actually i'm just going to circle back to the advice i just gave which is tire him or her out like just let them go on a rampage around the park, like let them just get all that energy out as much as possible, because then you're just going to have the best chance of success um, as far as encouraging them to actually sit still for only like a second, by the way, it's not like it takes, you know, five minutes to take a photo anymore, like it did in like, you know, the 1800s with their old cameras and everyone had to like sit and stay in place for like 20 minutes, which is insane. Notice there were no dogs in those photos. <laughs> Is that connected? I think it might uh, be. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you only need a second. So that's all we're working on is just, you know, a solitary little moment. But you should be ready, by the way, to take the photo. If you get your dog in place and your dog is infamous for not saying, staying and sitting still, then 
what you can't do when they are finally in that miraculous moment of sitting still is say, okay, time to take a photo. Now, where's my phone? It's in my pocket. Let me grab it. I'm going to open my camera app and here I'm going to frame the photo and then I'm going to hit the thing. Oh my gosh, way too much time has passed. Like your doc has found seven other more interesting things than you in that amount of time. So I would say definitely make sure you're just ready to go with your finger, like hovering over the <laughs> So you like take like a twitch of your muscle and then you've got the photo. Um, another piece of advice that I would give is actually strategically, I don't know what like the setting might be or the scenery, but if there's a way that they don't have an easy escape, then that actually could be like strategically in your favor. Like instead of placing them in the middle of like a wide open field and saying, okay, you've got interesting things, literally 360 degrees around you to all sides, but stay still and don't go check out any of those interesting things. Instead, what if they're kind of in more like the corner of the room or maybe they're propped up on a chair or some sort of higher surface where they're not first inclination is to take off and bolt. It's like, oh, well, I only have limited directions in which I can go anyway. And maybe that's not so easy to do or maybe it's not so desirable for me to jump off this chair. You know, obviously keep it safe and like don't put your dog on like a really high crazy surface. But um, I would say, yeah, if they don't have an easy escape, then that's going to, I think, set you up a little better than just if they had interesting things like surrounding them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. I love that. I really love that. Yeah, like almost like if you can put them in like in the corner of the couch or like something like that. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, if all else fails, then go back to our first podcast interview and go take those action photos. Like, <laughs> if you're- go. If your dog just doesn't sit still, well, then that is their personality. And that is the, the season of life that they are going through. And that's a wonderful thing. And that should be captured. So brush up on your action photography skills and capture it because there's going to be a day that your dog does sit still and just slows way down and just chills out. And you're going to think back to like, oh my gosh, remember the times when I was so frustrated when he was running around like a madman, like what I wouldn't give to go back to one of those days. So like not to get sentimental on you, but I think, I think taking action photos at that season of your dog's life is like actually really important. So. Well, that is a, that is a good point. That is a good point. Um, okay. So, and just to mention again, cause I mentioned it in the introduction, but I will link to the prior podcast episode that um, Allison came and answered other questions for us um, in the show notes. Okay, so I have one other question because this question came through after we did the first episode. Um, this also pertains, I'm, this might be a little self-serving. How do you get those photos of dogs with a dark face? My Mariah is black and unless it's like perfect, like lighting sunlight, like I can't get her adorable face in a photo because you just lose the details of it. Do you have any suggestions on how to handle that well you kind of hit actually on the best solution which is to just be really picky with your lighting mm. and pay attention to the light um you'll honestly never find me doing a photo session at noon in the middle of the day because the sun is closest to the earth and the light is super harsh and the shadows that it creates are like super contrasty and they're just kind of like they're just a lot and i don't I don't know. That's not the look that I prefer in my photography. I like more of a gentle, even light because that way I just feel like we can see a dog's features, whether they have dark fur or light fur so much better, but it is more important for dogs with dark fur that you just kind of pay more attention to that. 
um, because it's so easy for a shadow to suddenly look pitch black on their face, which is obviously not good. So I would say just make sure that you're in even lighting. And by that, I mean, maybe an overcast day is really going to be your friend or maybe even on a sunny day, if you head into like a shaded area, if there's like a building casting shade on some grass that's outside, you know, there's just shade everywhere then that's the area that I would seek out to go take photos in, which I know is maybe a little bit contradictory because you think like the more light, the better and the more like sunlight and natural light is a good thing. But I look for shade. I love shade. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, wait a minute. That's like the opposite of what I do. I'm like, I try to get her out into the sun, but the shade might actually be better, which is great because she hangs out in the shade but you know like i i always tried to get her out like in the sunlight and it never worked but the shade i will have to give a try i'm not like a sun hater like don't get me wrong <laughs> i'm good with the sun the sun does us a whole lot of favors for photography and not including photography so i love sunlight however you have to be strategic with it because it's coming from one direction mm. the sun is one light source and it's you know coming from where it's coming from and therefore it's going to cast shadows it's going to you know the rays of the sun are just not going to hit everything and they're going to give you a whole lot more contrast than maybe you want in a photo versus when it's overcast the light of the sun is just totally diffused by the clouds if you've ever heard a photographer talk about diffused light that's what an overcast day is. It's wonderful. I think it just works so well because it softens the light and it makes sure that the light isn't coming from any one direction. If you ever are out there when it's cloudy or overcast and you look down at your shadow, you're not going to see it. Like there's no, there's no shadow that's not like there's, the light isn't coming from one direction anymore. It's just kind of bouncing around everywhere. It just spreads out and it has this crazy effect of suddenly you can face your dog in any direction and every angle is a good angle and you're not going to have those harsh shadows anymore. That's interesting. So it's probably the shadow like casting on, you know, like one direction of her face. That's why I can't get the details. Interesting. Oh, see, I have to totally rethink it. <laughs> well, yeah. give it the next time you're outside, just look for a cloudy day or look for just like a big shaded area, wherever right. that might be. I will definitely do that. Go go there. Go take more photos there and see how they turn out. Because I think you're going to like it better than just like direct sunlight. I will also say that like, no matter what, even with the best possible conditions, the ability to edit your photos after the fact is going to be your friend with a dog. <laughs> because sometimes we make every effort that we can and it's still just depending on various conditions. It still just really helps to go into like even if you're using your cell phone and you go into the little editing program that's right there on your phone you can brighten the shadows like you can isolate the shadows in the photo and you can brighten them and it just takes one little slip of the slider whatever they call it um and that can really help so i would play around with the editor and just kind of yeah see what different sliders can do um to the photo because if you just brighten the whole photo that could be just a simple fix so interesting yes i do i do have to now that i think about it i do use a lot of filters on her photos and i feel terrible because like lucy has like the mask so it's like she's white with the with the black but i, I don't know because of her white like i just have 
better pictures of her. And sometimes I feel guilty because she ends up being like my, the background on my phone, but it's, it's just because her photos just come out nicer. So I'm going to go and, and get some really good photos of Mariah to make it fair. (laughs) (laughs) All you need is a little shade. I really think. Awesome. 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 And hopefully, and uh, you know, obviously I know there's a lot of, you know, dark colored dogs or even, I mean, this could, this is good advice for no matter what color your dog is. Really? Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. That's again, why you're just not, you could, you could introduce me to any dog and I would say the best light to do this photo session is around sunset or around sunrise because when the sun is closer to the horizon, then it's just, I don't know. It's, it just takes on this like more gentle feel. I think it like is actually warmer light. It's like, it takes on this golden color. That's like just amazing. And not to mention, it's also more flattering because when it's closer to the horizon, it's actually lighting up your whole face. It's coming in from an angle. That's more ego, like even to your face rather than like just a spotlight from directly up above. Uh, that's so, good. Cause my girls are getting old and they, they like good, good lighting. <laughs> We all, we all deserve a little bit of help. Yeah, and I'm totally talking about my girls and not me. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) this was, this was awesome. This was so great. Um, You did not disappoint, just as amazing as the first time. Um, So if my listeners wanted to get a hold of you, uh, what, how, how should they do it? What do you have to offer them if they want more information from you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Come hang out with me. Come, come show me the photos of your dog. I would love to see them. (laughs) They can hang out with me on Facebook or Instagram. I have a Facebook group called take better photos of your dog. And it's actually a pretty lively group. We do tips every week. There's cool opportunities to like show off your photos and and get even um, uh, critique and commentary and feedback on your photos. So I love that spot. And then I just started an Instagram account at the same name, take better photos of your dog. And then I have a membership for people that want to go deeper and really improve their photography from start to finish. But the Facebook and Instagram are totally free and they're a pretty good place to hang out. Awesome. All right. I will link to all of those in the show notes as well for anybody who's interested. So thank you so much, Allison. And this, again, this was, this was wonderful. Well, I'm glad it helped. I hope it helped. And actually, I have something fun for your listeners if they would like to <laughs> get some help because you got good questions, obviously, um, from your listeners. And the questions that I get, probably the number one question I get asked most often is how do you actually get your dog to look at the camera? Because <laughs> eye contact can be so tricky. Um, I actually put together a little guide just on this exact topic. So okay. if you want to link to it in the show notes, your listeners can go and download it because it's a really handy way, whether it's through training or whether just through little tricks that I've <laughs> figured out over the years of working with pets for the past 10 years, that, um, that'll help you get actual eye contact in your photos. So that, that is wonderful. All right. That will be right in the show notes as well for this episode. And I think, I think that's it. I think it's time to wrap it up. It's been so much fun. I'm having trouble letting you go. (laughs) But you know, if, if of course you can always come back. So if you have extra questions or whatever, then we'll just bring Allison on back. 
happy to take more questions but thank you again this was so fun i uh, i love your philosophy i know we talked about my photography philosophy <laughs> i just love your philosophy on all things dogs and training and behavior and so i just love whenever we get together so awesome. thank you. that's I mean, why that's why we get along so well all right well have a great <laughs> rest of your day and i look forward to speaking with you soon sounds good okay right. bye bye and there you have it. I'm so happy that we invited Allison back. I'm going to go grab that free resource she mentioned myself. And again, everything in the show notes of this episode, all the resources that we mentioned, you can find it at playtimepause.com forward slash episode 65. And then that those will redirect you to any of the places that you want to go to get Allison's freebie, to find her Facebook page or Instagram, and the prior interview that we did. And that is all I have for you today. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can rate and review it wherever you listen to podcasts. And that helps other puppy owners find it. If you would like to continue working with me, check out my website, playtimepause.com. You can find my in-person sessions, my virtual sessions, and of course, my four-week new puppy course where you get four weeks of video lessons and 12 months access to me to ask all of your training questions. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be speaking with you soon. Bye for now.